even if you ask people who aren't that psyched about their life, who if they would trade with anybody and who they would trade with, most wouldn't trade. The next time is an experiment when somebody seems like not that psyched or whatever, ask them if they, who they would trade lives with if they could. Most people are like, maybe this person, eh, I guess I wouldn't trade, which is crazy. It's like, oh, the appreciation is actually in there somewhere. You just have to like cultivate it. What is up, you sexy bastards? It is your boy, Bathrobe, aka Rabbi Can't Lose, aka Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I talked to one of my best friends, Tynan. He is one of the most interesting and one of the most wise persons I know in the entire world. So he was sleeping at Tynan's Crypto Casita, aka My Back House, and I figured we should have some tea and get some amazing wisdom from him. And this episode did not disappoint. So here's a few highlights about him. If you have not heard of him, he's definitely been on the show and it's been one of the most popular episodes. He's bought an entire island. He runs a website that helps people find amazing cruise deals. And he was a former professional gambler and pickup artist. He was in the game. You can find out more about Tynan at Tynan.com, one of the only blogs I actively subscribe to. If you've ever want to learn about improving the different areas of your life or just hear some amazing stories from my 40th birthday, you're going to love this episode. Here's three gigantic nuggets. Number one, the importance of realizing not everyone is trying to get to the same place as you. Number two, hold yourself to super high standards, but also be kind to yourself. And three, if you don't fully appreciate the amazing things you already have in life, what's the point of getting more? Enjoy those three things plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. Before we dive in the show, go to AppSumo.com. If you're looking for the latest and greatest tools at amazing prices, subscribe to the AppSumo.com newsletter. Plus, they've got some amazing goodies coming in the AppSumo.com newsletter. Or if you are creating software or tools for entrepreneurs, go to AppSumo.com sell and promote your stuff. We want to promote it. Also, check out the My First Million podcast. It's my good friends, Sam and Sean. They do amazing episodes. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but theirs is definitely one of them. You can check it out at My First Million. Check it out on Apple, Spotify, or I don't know. What do the kids listen to these days? Also, special pre-show shout out to listener ZB. They left a review saying, surprisingly informative and entertaining. Not only is this podcast very humorous, but is relatable and very helpful towards living a better life. <sighs> exactly, brother. I love you and every other one of your gorgeous listeners. If you want to shout out in a future episode, leave a review where you ever listened to this podcast. I check every single one of them. Yeah. It's funny in life where like the things we're not expecting actually turn out better, mm-hmm. but it's not bad to have expectations. We're like, hey, I want this to be a good time. I do wonder, because like, it's funny the things that I really enjoyed. Like, I enjoyed, like, I think it was on my birthday, we did the, the puzzles, did all the, the different, oh, like, oh, the riddles. The riddles. That was one of my favorite things. Well, and then They're funny, because really like, two days later, someone asked me, I don't remember who, they're like, damn, do you feel like you wasted your birthday doing that? I was like, no, that was awesome. Like, right. I, like, I was more than happy to spend the hours, like, for everyone to participate, and there's all these different games. I thought that was a blast. It's interesting. It's not like the flashy, like, like we had the fire dancer. It's funny, Lee always teases us because like, I guess at every AppSumo event, we have a fire dancer. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that's it's like- your a, calling card. I don't book them. They just show <laughs> up. It's so strange. <laughs> they, know. they know. It's my birthday. They're like, right. But it's kind of funny about life. I'm always admiring like uh, younger kids. I see my nephew Atlas, like you give him a toy and then he just plays with the box. Right. Now that he's eight, he wants the toy. But like at, in like three, four, it was like, oh, the box is exciting. And yeah. I don't know, maybe it's a, an adult where like, oh, it has to have drinks or it has to have like, we have to go out and do these adventures. And it's like, I'm going to sit on a table and talk or yeah. s- sit and play board games or do riddles. And that's why I like tea so much is that I think it's an activity that is totally out of the way. Certainly if I was planning something, I would also plan activities because you're just like, well, I don't want people to show up and have nothing to do. Like there's that pressure that you have to provide something for people to do. Like even in London, they had stuff planned. The best times were just like hanging around the house, like chatting, playing werewolf or joking around. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And so that's why I like tea is because it feels like an activity, but really you're just spending time with someone or people. That's such an interesting thought that we think we need something and it's actually the simpler version potentially. I think it takes bravery to not like plan anything. Like even for dates, like when I used to date, would always just do tea because it's like you have to be a little braver to just face the person and not be like, 
we're playing whack-a-mole or we're going to a carnival or, you know, going to go see a movie. It is braver. Yeah. And that's what I really enjoyed about the party is that, I mean, it makes sense too that all, anybody you're going to be friends with is going to be like a high quality person with some interesting things to talk about. So I thought that was the fun part, just like drinking tea in the morning or hanging out on the couch or whatever, and just getting these random conversations yeah. with people I probably wouldn't have. So for the people who weren't there, the sense of coming out, we flew everyone to Key West, we hung out at a house, we'd have different activities, and then we left. What would be your dream 40th? You're 41? I'm already 40, so I've missed it. One thought I had actually, especially because I had just come off a cruise, I was like, imagine if this was on a cruise because it takes care of all the logistics, right? It's sort of like the same benefits of like we're hanging out, there's activities, but you can kind of do them or not do them. I was like, this was on a cruise, nobody would be stressed. And it's the same kind of thing where you can do activities, you can just hang out, do nothing, but you don't have to clean, you don't have to cook, you don't, you know, it's, it's, you don't have to think about if you want to do an activity, it's like you just walk over and do it. So my, probably my dream one would be a cruise. I, yeah, I think the presentations, I think the games, I would probably still, I would do that for again. For sure. I would, I would definitely do both. That was really, like, even my brother doing knots. Were you there for the knot? I mean, uh, no, I wasn't. No, last night. And then Dan did, I mean, Dan did a presentation on bicycles. Oh, cool. It was phenomenal. I really liked Dan. Like, I've met, you know, I was on his podcast and yeah. we've, we've chatted, I think, a couple times in the past. But first time I really got to know him, I was, I was really grateful for that opportunity, too. What do you think it is about someone that we like versus not like in these moments? You know what? Actually, I'll tell you what it was. So I think probably the two people I connected most with were Dan and Eric. And I thought both of them were just very genuine people. Genuine and like willing to talk about real things like immediately. Willing to show who they are immediately, which is really a skill, you know, and which doesn't say others weren't also like that. But just, the t- you know, the two I ended up connecting with most, spent the most time with. And uh, yeah, I, I noticed that about both of them. Yeah. You know, sometimes when things aren't going the way you want them or how you thought it would be, it's like, how do you fix it? Because I think sometimes I, I was in a meeting at work like on Monday and I was complaining about something. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, here's how we can solve that. I was like, I like that. Right. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of how I would have adjusted, like even coming to you and being like, I'm feeling judged about drinking. You're like, I don't care. You just not, don't drink too much around me. Like, this is just my preference. Like, it's your party. Do what you want. I don't know. Maybe just come in and yeah. chatting with you about it. Yeah, for sure. You didn't do, actually do anything. It was all me. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, I was I was expecting to be ju- to be judging people. I was like, actually, actually, I'm kind of impressed. There's, there's nothing to judge. It's great. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We can always talk about anything. So, all right. Appreciate that. Do you feel like you judge a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Like more than most, or because I feel like actually most of us do it. And then sometimes we think we say these things, and I'm like, you realize that's that's all of us too. I appreciate when people don't judge. Put it that way. Like I used to really judge people. I think everybody very harshly. Because I used to think everybody was kind of the same. I think we've talked about this before, where I just thought like everybody's the same motivations, the same goals, and then I sort of realized they didn't. And for me, it probably started when, when I was doing gambling back in high school, figured out a way to make a lot of money gambling. And when people wouldn't listen to me and do it, I was like furious. Like not, fu- I mean, maybe that's an exaggeration, but I was like, this is like free money. You could do this. It's so easy. I'm going to show you how to do it. Hold your hand. And then we're going to like have money do trips. And, and it made me so annoyed that people wouldn't do it. And then eventually I realized like, oh, people have different goals. Like we're not all trying to get to the same place. And so whatever I'm trying to do is going to get you to a certain place. And I think it's very good at getting you to that place. But if that's not where you're trying to go, then it's not right for you. And so that's something I try to remind myself. Even with like drinking and stuff like that, it's like, like, let's say it went a different way. And there's like, maybe not you, maybe somebody I know less well, and they're getting wasted and all this kind of stuff. There's one way I could really judge them for it. Maybe there's another where it's like, who knows what's going on in this person's life? Maybe that's just what they need right now. And there's no way I can know that. And who knows? So that's something I try to keep in mind. But it's, it's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for all of us. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you don't judge. It feels like you don't judge. Or less anyway. I ju- I'm trying to think of who I judged. I think I was judged. I was like, Tiny really needs to get into drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole time you're like, you weren't drinking anything. This is my party. Do it. 
<laughs> First time I ever felt peer pressure. It is true, though. Like, people that are interesting or that we find interesting or we find genuine, they're generally probably associating. Like, you don't see them associate with, like, shitty people. You're like, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, it is interesting, the people we, we associate with. I, I generally, one thing I was noticing on that, that birthday experience was just, like, each person has something I want. Not in a jealous way, but in a like, <laughs> and you will take it. <laughs> <laughs> when you're sleeping, I took a hair. No, no, but like each person has like a skill or a trait or admir- like things that I admire. I like the way that Dan goes deep on learning. You know, Eric is, is kind of playful. Yeah. In ways I admire, like his whole, he's really into board games. He's like, let's go play paddle tennis. And like, all right, I'm gonna go do a cruise. Like his, his carefreeness and like humor. Yeah, each person, like you're, cer- I feel like you have a lot of certainty. Like yeah. you have these answers, I'm like what, how does he have the certainty of the answer? <laughs> That's true. One thing you you said earlier, I'm curious, is like how do you you're working on having open expectations when you go into something. How do you figure out what to work on? I guess I assume you have it all solved a lot of times. That's, that's part of the appeal of Tynan. Thanks. So if you if you don't have it solved, by the way, this is... shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, probably it sounds a little bit arrogant, but I do feel like I have it kind of all figured out. But then I think that does make it when there's something that I don't have figured out. I think it throws it into sharp contrast. And so I think when I feel like I have like tension around something. And judging is one where I'm like, like, it doesn't feel good to be like about to go to one of my best friend's birthday parties and to be like not feeling 100% psyched about it. And I know it's because of me. Like, I know it's not you because you're like going way out of your way to throw this awesome birthday party. So I'm like, okay, obviously, this is something in me that's the problem here. So, hey, I do have a lot of other things that I do have figured out. Why don't I, you know, and it feels great to have them that way. Why don't I get this one on that list? Doesn't mean it's easy, but, you know, it just makes it so that I think about it a lot or, you know. I'd say during COVID, a lot of people made decisions that I, that really frustrated me. And a lot of it was stuff around family where I'm like, I want to spend time with my family and they're being overly cautious. And like, I think I'm one of the things I think I'm really good at is assessing risk and odds and stuff like that. And so it really bothered me, right? I'm like, we could be spending time together and you're being overly cautious for no good reason at all. And so I feel this like tension around it. And I'm like, is it healthy for me to have this tension? Like, absolutely not, right? So it's just like, it just makes it obvious. It's like, okay, I got to work on that. How do you identify that? It's just that feeling of like, I feel great all day long, like all day long, I feel amazing. And so when I don't, and you know, like, I think, like you say, I'm pretty like certain about things, but things are like very black and white for me. Like, this is good. This is bad. So I think how I feel is often like that. I'm like, I feel amazing. This is great. Or like, it really doesn't feel good to like feel some sort of resentment to a family member. I mean, like yeah. I never feel something like that. And so if I do, it's like, you know, like an alarm. How do you feel when you wake up? Because there are times, this is going to sound strange, but I wake up and I'm like, how's Tynan feeling now? Because I don't feel great. <laughs> this motherfucker is feeling great. I'm like, but is it instant? Like you hit, like your eyes open? I think in the mornings when I feel the worst, not like negative, but just like, I think I'm a slow starter. Mm. I think I sort of wake up and I'm like, I love sleeping. Like what am I, I got to wake up. As soon as I have my tea, then I'm like, let's go baby. <laughs> Or really, as soon as I get out of bed, especially like if I'm in Vegas, it's so bright. Yeah. I get out of bed and I see the sunshine and I'm like, look around my house. I'm like, I love my house. I'm like, oh my God, I get to pick what tea I'm going to have today. <laughs> At that point, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's hard. But I think like when I first wake up, I'm like, uh, should I sleep some more? I really like being asleep. Yeah, I sleep pretty deeply. So I think it like takes me a second. Yeah. There's a, uh, I think in Florida specifically and in other times, like I wake up like around like 11 or 12, I feel good. Yeah. I think the difference is like from whatever, let's say nine or 10 to 12, I'm hard on myself about it. Like, you should be feeling good. Why aren't you feeling good about it? Like, there's like you wake up earlier, you mean? No, no, no. Just like before I'm feeling like excellent Hmm. or if I'm not feeling it, just I'm just hard on myself about it where I think you're, you and Neville is especially great. Just like kind to yourself. I think you judge yourself so much. And look, there's some people that should judge themselves pretty harshly (laughs) if we're being honest. Like, you know, like, like, I mean, you know, even myself, I think back in the day, like, when I had a lot less stuff figured out, like 
I'm glad I judged myself harshly. I felt like I really needed to. But yeah, I feel like you judge yourself way too harshly. Sometimes at night I get this phrase, BNN, be nice to Noah. I just yeah. start thinking that. It's yeah. so random. But I'm in bed. I'm like, just be nice to Noah. I'm like, really? Just be nice. Yeah, just be nice to him. What was interesting is uh, two days ago, I interviewed the world's squash player number one. Yeah. I'm talking about this guy. When I see him on court, he always looks so happy. Mm. I'm always like, he's the happiest guy I've ever seen. This guy's Ali uh-huh. Farag. He was amazing. I really appreciated chatting with him. What shocked me though was he was like, I'm like never satisfied. And I'm like, dude, just try to do a little bit. It reminded me just like I can resonate with that feeling. But I think you could separate those out. Like, I think you should be so happy, so nice to yourself. Imagine the ideal coach, you know, maybe sports coach or whatever, how they would treat you. It's like they would hold you to a super high standard. They would always push you when they knew you could do better. They would never insult you, right? Like they would be super nice to you. It feels sometimes like you cross the, those two wires, mm. right? Where you, like you feel like you have to be mean to yourself to push yourself. I don't know if means the, harsh, maybe more than mean. I think if you saw somebody else with your life and your habits and the people you have around you and just everything, yeah. I think you would be so impressed with that person and be like nice to them. But then when it's <laughs> you, you're not so nice to yourself sometimes. Uh, I think it's also one of those like linchpin sort of things that if you changed it as an independent item, not like I'm going to change these other things so I'm yeah. nice to myself, but I'm going to just be nice to myself. I think a lot of the like struggles you have would be which isn't to say you have like tons yeah. of struggles or whatever, yeah. but like I think the points in your life where you do have friction, most of them would just go away. Yeah. I think it's like, it's one of those things that's so obvious from an outside perspective, but I also realize that when it's you, it would not be obvious. I think it's from these things that we think, and I know from I'm speaking for myself, is that we think that's what also helps us get to certain places exactly. or do certain things. And that's the thing. That's why what I say about the wires being crossed, where like holding yourself to a super high standard is obviously what got you to where you are. And it's easier to have that if you're also mean to yourself, but it doesn't have to be. It could be separate. It's funny, I observed it in my brother. We were in Albuquerque, we had like this family vacation and he was upset because he doesn't do his morning routine on Saturdays and Sundays where it's like get up at six and he has to meditate and then he has to do these certain rituals. And I was like, dude, it's the weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you want to give yourself a break on the week? And then I was just like, oh, that, that definitely sounds very familiar. Yeah. I think I struggle at times where it's like to give myself a break. My break is just like, all right, well, let's go all the way. You can, have, you can do any, there's no limitation on that break. So the spectrum of like absolutism and like some blending is is challenging i also think if you're mean to yourself i mean that's probably more extreme than is the reality but if you're hard on yourself i think it's easier to rebel against yourself Mm. you know what i mean but if you're nice to yourself it's like you're on the same team you got to be on the same team as your brain because you're and i wasn't for a long time this is something i worked on too i just remember i had this thought of like my brain is always there with me for my entire life if i can have a good relationship with my brain my whole life is going to be easy. In the business context, I was having a meeting and it felt like I was arguing with this woman. Her name is Alona. She's amazing. But I was like, Alona, I don't think I was doing a good job arguing, but I was like, I'm on, we're on the same team here. Right. Like, I'm, yeah. I want well for you. I want well for me. I want well for the company. Mm-hmm. Same team with my brain. Yeah. Dude, team Noah, team Tiny. Team Tiny <laughs> brain, team Noah brain. Yeah. I think about almost like your brain is your operating system, right? Like whenever you're alone in your thoughts or you're meditating or you're just driving or whatever, it's like, that's like the little operating system that's going on in your entire life. Think about how nice it is to use like a fresh computer where like everything's good versus like an old kludgy one, right? If you can just like have a nice little environment up there, it's it's great. It's like a little vacation in your brain all the time. Dude, it is nice to have a fresh install. Mm -hmm. You know, you get that new, I just did a fresh install Mm -hmm. on the iPad. I'm like, dude, it's quick, it's clean. Yeah, exactly. I think you need that in your brain. I like that. This tea is so good, by the way. I just haven't the had ooh-wee. this tea in so long. Dude, ooh-wee. Really good. Ooh, that's, that's literally really good. why it's called ooh-wee. <laughs> that's what they named it that. Yeah, it's great. 
It's also really a luxury to not pour the tea. I mean, I love serving tea and pouring tea. Oh, that's interesting. But the rare times when I don't, I'm like, wow, what a luxury. It's like you get to drive shotgun. You're in shotgun, not driving. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like you, yeah, you get to look at and see the view for once. Yeah, maybe you like driving, but it's nice to do the other. Yeah, really nice. Um, what do you like about it? I think maybe I appreciate the tea more. I focus more on the tea versus the making of the tea. Yeah. I, I like both, but you know, sometimes a little variety is nice. Yeah. I uh, shave my face. You, you cut your hair and um we lost to get combined we lost so many pounds of hair <laughs> yeah. yesterday it's unbelievable i actually do think that sometimes when i want to lose weight i just shave my chest <laughs> yeah you probably get what three four pounds dude it's a thick it's a thick yeah. it's not even that thick it's just like it looks better i'm like dude you look great but uh when i shaved my face i, I uh, journaled about it i was like dude note to self shaving your face you look hot <laughs> <laughs> see being nice to know look at that oh that was yeah that's a good one that's uh i'll try to do that for a while yeah. i'm gonna do more of that yeah that'd be funny like uh <laughs> After like a month, I'm like super nice to Noah, and then you, you like unfriend me. <laughs> Turns out I like the old Noah a lot better. This guy's a little too happy with him. He's a little like, too proud of himself. I'm like, Todd, do you want to have tea in the morning? You want to? You're like, ah, fuck, dude, it's like 9 a.m. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to oscillate. Maybe I'll go the other way. Right? It'll push him back. Ugh. Yeah, Tiny gets a job at Google. At <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a lot harder for me to have such a clear, happy mind if I was you know, being forced to work at Google 9 to 5 or something. That's a whole separate situation. Sometimes with jobs, even including my own job, I'm like, are these people happy? And then like, how do they create happiness in it? And I think some do like the structure and some really want that. And then some don't. And I'm like, how do I create that for me? Mm -hmm. How do I create that for them? Versus like, oh, later you can have it. To the job stuff, it does feel like, how do we create the life that we want to live today? Yeah. If you don't do it today, you're never going to do it. Probably. You know, odds are you're not going to do it today. Ever, yeah. Unless you do it today. Yeah, it does sometimes feel conditional. Like even now I'm like, oh, I'm CEO, which is great. There's a lot of parts that are amazing about it. And there's sometimes I'm like, okay, what do you need changed? And it's like, you can't have everything. So there are trade-offs. So I'm like, okay, what are the trade-offs that I'm willing to make? And so like yesterday, it was awesome. I was like, I had a fucking hard-ass day at work. And then I left to go ride with like 60-year-olds. Live the dream. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it felt perfect. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm getting, I'm taking care of the company in the way that it needs. And then I also get to take care of myself. Yeah. I felt good. And that, dude, they're so fast. They're so fast. It is kind of awesome seeing old people. I see this on cruises sometimes where like, you know, you see some old people that are like drooling oatmeal and like riding those rascals. And then you see others that are like riding the surf wave and they're like much better than I am. And they're like 60 or 70. It's kind of inspiring. You're like, I'm 40 now. If I can be living that life in 30 years, probably got a really good 30 years ahead of me. And it's just motivating to be like, oh, let's make sure we're on that track, not the oatmeal drooling track. <laughs> <laughs> Do you eat oatmeal? Uh, actually, I did on the last cruise. Oatmeal every day. Oh, you weren't drooling it. <laughs> There's a little bit. I'm like, oh, it's starting. <laughs> Where's my rascal? But it is funny to be at 40. We're like literally, we're not even, I say we're quarter age. We're about quarter age. Oh, I like that. Uh, we're not so. middle. But what's interesting is because now I see 20 year olds and I'm like, I don't really know how old you are. But like last night I saw these older guys and I was like, how old are they? Mm -hmm. Right? Because it's like eventually we'll probably be at that age. But I think it's interesting now, like, what do we want to do today to either be swallowing the oatmeal or drooling the oatmeal? And now it matters. Like, I think in your 20s, you can really get away with a lot. 100%. 30s, like kind of, but I think in the later 30s, you see people who aren't doing the right things and you're like, ooh, you might not be on that track. When I turned 40, I'd say it was not nearly as dramatic as 30. 30 was like the big one for me. 30 really like changed my mind about stuff. But 40 was the same sort of thing where I'm like, oh, when you're 30, you can sort of convince yourself you're old, right? 30 is the new 20. Like you can have that, you can, you can be Jay-Z and you make a song about it. When you're 40, you're like, <laughs> all right, like I'm not young anymore. I'm not old, but I'm also not young. Like too old for beer bongs? The beer bong, Some would way, argue. Some <laughs> would argue. <laughs> we beer bong tea, by the way. I don't know. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn it. I missed that day. Uh, I don't even know if it matters what you're doing, but it's just something where you can just think of yourself as a young person. You know, in your 20s, you're young. 
In your 30s, you can convince yourself you're young. In your 40s, it's like you have to accept, okay, I'm not young. I'm not old, maybe, but I'm also not young. It just feels like a different phase of life. You know, when people make New Year's resolutions, I used to have this thing where I'm like, New Year's resolutions are so stupid. It's such an arbitrary marker. Yeah. But an arbitrary marker can still be valuable, right? It's still a marker. And so I think the same of the decades. It's like, well, did anything really change over the past three weeks for you? Like, no, you're still kind of the same. But hey, a time to reflect is a time to reflect. And that's, yeah, that could be valuable. So, how are you thinking about your 40s? And what was the big change for you in your 30s? I think when I was 20, so I was always like, I always felt like I was like one of the smarter people, one of the more interesting people. And I thought that that meant I had an automatic path to success in every way that I thought I was going to have. Maybe not dating because that's something I worked on, but like I thought I would have like money and I thought like I would have a certain lifestyle and all this sort of stuff. And I, I thought it was going to happen automatically because I deserved it. And even dating to some extent, right? Like, it's like, well, okay, like I'm, you know, I've gotten good at dating with pickup and all this. So like by the time I'm 30, I'm going to have like a wife and it's going to kind of all be taken care of. And then I turned 30. And I didn't have the success that I thought I was going to have. And I didn't have the relationship that I thought I was going to have. And the weird part for me was that, I mean, obviously when you're 40, you're like, your life's over essentially. And I knew that when I was 30. So I was like, okay, 10 years from now, I'm going to be 40 and my life's going to be over. But the weird part was that I could really remember so clearly when I was 20. So like that span of time, 20 to 30 was like, you know, when you're 20, you don't really remember when you were 10. You know what I mean? Or like you do, but it's like such a different phase of life. But like I was in full control of my life from 20 to 30 and I didn't get the results that I thought I was going to get. And so then I'm like, okay, well, I know how long that decade is. I know what it feels like to have a decade of time that I can work with. Didn't do what I thought I was going to do. Now I've got this decade coming up 30 to 40. And if I don't change something, I'm not going to get to where I want to be because I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was on track. So it was like a big wake up call for me. Like, I, like I know now I don't work very hard, but like <laughs> in my 20s, I did nothing, like literally nothing. I thought I deserved certain things and didn't even have to work. And then in my early 30s, I worked insanely hard. Like, I think you wouldn't, like, you know, 12 hours a day of like actual intense coding, like doing nothing else, not leaving my RV. Like, I would cook the same thing in my RV. Sometimes I didn't leave the RV, like, for years, you know, like I was insane because I realized that, you know, I needed to change, alter my, my trajectory. 20s to 30s, that's how I felt. I was like, oh, I got to change something. It is funny the deserve. Mm -hmm. Well, you just like, oh, yeah, the wife just, she just appears in the house. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, like I learned pickup. So now this is going to happen. It's like you forget that who you are is what you do and not what you've done. Right. How are you thinking about 40 to 50? I'd say I'm still figuring it out for sure. Like I don't have like a concrete path. I think two things. First thing I think is what's most satisfying and makes me most happy is really just stuff like this. Like we're sitting here having tea together. Like I've spent all this time getting to a place where I can do whatever I want with my time, where I've like made good friendships with like, honestly, people I think are like the best people on earth yourself included. And I think my family, I think I just got so lucky and I have like the best family on earth, right? So it's like, all I really want to do is drink tea with my friends and family. Like if that's all I do for the rest of my life, I'm satisfied. On the other hand, I think like, is that too small? Like, should I be trying to contribute something to society? Should I be like, I want to make sure I don't fill my time with busy work just to be busy and to feel productive because it's like an ego thing. But also like, should I be contributing more and doing doing something more. And I think part of it is I don't want to be famous or like well known in any way. And so it's like, well, is there something I should be doing behind the scenes? I don't know. So, so I think I'm still trying to figure that balance out. How are you going about figuring that out? Like what would be significant or significant to you? The thing is, I don't feel like I have to do anything else significant for me. Like I'm happy with who I am. I'm ha happy with what I've done. Like for a long time, my benchmark was like, is the world definitely better because I was here? It doesn't have to be by a huge amount, but like, was I a net positive? And I feel like I was for sure. It's almost like ticking a box. I'm like, cool. Like I've justified my existence here. I, you know, that's fine. 
more people are drinking tea now. Yeah, more people are drinking tea. <laughs> you know, but like I, even just with my blog, I've gotten like enough feedback. Where it's like you really changed my life because of this one little post. And of course, it's them doing 99% of it. But if I could just be the spark that started that, it feels good. And also, I think I'm not the biggest drain on society. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I've done enough that like it's I've more than balanced it out. Actually, I read, you know, the Ray Dalio book. It had like a profound effect on me. I think it's like the mo- one of the most important books I've read. But one of the things he talks about is how like, you know, society struggles to kind of earn wealth or to, you know, have a certain standard of living. Then they get there and then they move into decadence. And the problem is once you can sit around and have tea all day, you don't have to produce anymore. And then your society becomes uncompetitive because your average level of productivity drops. And so I was thinking about that as it re- relates to myself. I'm like, well, and even to my country or the world, it's like, oh, well, I, you know, I have some skills that could do something productive for the world and they're not being used. If you extend that out and everybody's doing that, that's really not good. So I just thought like maybe I should just be, I don't know, just doing anything, just being productive. Like how, is there anything I can do to help make more jobs or help other people be more productive? You know, is there any tool I could build that would enable others to, some of the stuff you do, honestly, right? Like AppSumo makes stuff (laughs) sponsored by, AppSumo makes stuff that helps (laughs) entrepreneurs like create things that are hopefully valuable and whatever. So I don't know, just a thought that I, I haven't quite resolved, but a new thought. Is it during tea time for yourself that you reflect on that stuff? Or just random moments throughout the day? Yeah, I don't know if it's only tea time or more, more tea time, just in general. I have a lot of time, you know, I'm on planes or I'm yeah, sitting around drinking tea or even just like working on like doing a lot of house projects and I'll be like nailing something. Like, should I be doing something more productive than building myself a sauna? I don't know. Um, the, the other thing you said earlier that I, I was reflecting for you is that, and I think about it for me, I think about it for Chad, like, you know, I got notoriety for working at Facebook like 100 years ago. You were in the game. And so... I guess I was just reflecting how you how you dwell or don't dwell on something like that. Yeah, I guess how you feel about that. Because I know that that was such an important part of your life. And I, thought, I was just wondering how you, not dwelling or chasing that, but just reflecting on like, oh, yeah, my, I did this cool thing back then. But then how does that, com- do I have to compare that to like doing something even cooler now? Yeah. I try to only evaluate myself. And this is like a very conscious thing. I try to only evaluate myself on the person I am today. And part of that is because you see people who do these things a long time ago and it defines who they are. And I think it's never a good look. And so definitely pick up absolutely changed who I am today and hopefully for the better. And same with a lot of the other stuff I did. But also, how do you evaluate somebody when you meet them? Like probably you care somewhat about their accomplishments or that's like the intro. But like, let's say you meet this, this squash player and that's, you know, you're meeting him because he's good at squash, but he isn't like a good person and he isn't nice to you. Probably you don't care, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm never going to talk to this guy again. And I think because I, I try to evaluate people or on who they are as people, I care less about. I think the accomplishments are like an interesting intro. It's like, oh, I want to get to know this guy because he did this. It's sort of like dating, right? Where it's like, if a girl's attractive, you really want to get to meet her. But if she has a bad personality, it's like so quickly, you're like, yeah, I'm done with that. It was interesting I, for that video. It was much more powerful video than I expected. And um, Wait, which one? The interviewing 80-year-olds, asking mm-hmm. them whether it was mm-hmm. worth it. Mm-hmm. Whether what, the war was worth it? Or no, live it. Like their careers oh. and like how they approach life was worth it. But what's been interesting, there's two guys recently, and I won't, you'll see the video, but like it was interesting to see like who I really wanted to just spend time with. Like they both yeah. had super crazy careers, but then one of the guys I was like, I'd love to just like hang out with you and have tea or yeah. just like go for a walk or something like that. Yeah. I think that's what always, always wins out in the end, you know, is, mm, is who the character. person actually is, the character. That was what I enjoyed most about your birthday party, right? Is that like, I mean, I think everybody had good character, but some of the people I got to know better, I'm like, wow, it's like kind of rare to meet people that... Uh, have such I think you know once you work on yourself enough and you like develop these great friendships over the years and you have this history it becomes less likely that you're going to meet a random person that is sort of at that level yeah it's 
kind of refreshing and nice when you do. Yeah, I, w- uh, I would assume that's one of my superpowers. Yeah, I think so. How do you think people can develop character? You know what I think one of the biggest things, that, and uh, I don't know, sometimes I have like a snap answer. I'm like, was that really the biggest one or is it just the one I think of first? But I think pickup really helped me analyze subconsciously and I it's almost like seeing the matrix in a way, right? And so often you see people who are doing what they think they should do versus what they want to do. And I think that just leads you on this path where you don't have the opportunity to build character. Because what does it turn you into, right? It turns you into like a puppet almost, or like a veneer of a person, right? You're doing everything that you think you should do, but you're not building yourself. And I think it's something, because I have so many awesome friends who really are who they are, it throws it into even greater contrast when you meet people. I'm like, oh, this is like not what I'm used to being around. Especially because, you know me, like I try not to meet new people, right? So I'm like almost always around people who are like that. Because sometimes I meet people who are like very accomplished or very smart. I mean, I think there's a lot of really smart people or very accomplished people out there. And I meet them and I'm like, I have zero interest in getting to know this person. Like, why is that? Because it's not like, you know, they're less smart or, or whatever than some of my friends. And it's like, oh, because they're just doing what they think they're supposed to do. They're not like embracing who they really are and like and exploring who they really are, right? Most people don't look that deep. And, and, and it's not even like necessarily blaming people. I think sometimes people don't have the luxury of that, you know, because they have to do other stuff. But I think that's maybe one of the bigger things. Yeah. I was about, when you say character, I thought of Nick Gray. Yeah. I don't know. Just like how... Yeah, how he goes about it. Well, he's such a unique person. And like everything he's doing, it's because it's a Nick Gray thing. It's right. It's not like somebody was like, hey, Nick, this is what you, you should be like taking people out on this giant paddleboard every day on the lake like a psychopath. Like that, that's not part of like a script. Right. So he came to that because it fits his own values in some way or another. Yeah. I think that's sort of, I mean, isn't that like the fun part of getting to know somebody? It's like they have a certain set of values that probably you have some in common, maybe some slightly different ones. And if they're like, somebody who's been successful at distilling what those values are and acting on them. It's like fun to see how that's expressed itself. Yeah. Well, it's also amazing like how variety of people come together across the planet lately, especially with the internet being yeah. available. Yeah. I have noticed, I don't know if it's being 40 just because it's an arbitrary like time around the sun. I have noticed myself lately like more apprehensive to meet people. Yeah. And I think it's just more the recognition of time. That's what I was thinking about this week or past week or two where I was like, I don't have much time. I mean, it's all relative. But like these, this decade is just this decade. Eventually, it's oatmeal drooling time. <laughs> <laughs> we all get there eventually. Yeah, and I'm like, well, fuck, man. But the 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 challenging part of that is that there's there is serendipity where you've gone and met the person. Mm-hmm. Like we hired this guy at Absumo. I met him on Twitter. He actually hit me up when I was biking America. He's fucking rad. Mm-hmm. Like his how he grew up is interesting, and then like his hobbies are cool. And I'm like, dude, it's so awesome we get to work together. Yeah. But like he hit me up originally, and I was like, oh, I can't. So it's an interesting balance of all of life. I guess it's not just who you meet. It's like everything you do. Like, how do you choose which path? Sometimes you have to give up good things for better things. Preach, don't don't make me get into that. Dude, um, dude. But, you know, when I f- first started traveling, I would try to go to like every single country all the time, right? At first, every new country like totally blew my mind. And then at a certain point, I'm like, instead of every new country being like a 100% different experience, it's like a 10% different experience. And I realized if I just get to know the countries that I already like better, that's going to be more valuable. And I think the same is true of people. It's like, well, once you have like a really good circle of people around you, there's more value. Like I would rather spend more time with you, get to know you deeper, than make a new friend with some other cool person because I'm starting at zero with them. Whereas like, you know, we have a bunch of years of of friendship and there's value. And same with dating, right? Like when I was ready in my 20s, I would rather just date the next person, right? Because I wasn't even thinking about getting married. And then at some point, it's like, okay, well, what's the marginal benefit of dating one new person? It's like, it's something, but it's not maybe as much as you, you get by going deep. Yeah. And I think that 
for me, that that happened somewhere in like my mid thirties, where I realized there's this shift of like, why don't I go for more depth than breadth? I mean, if you look at my blog back in like my twenties, like I was trying to do everything, right? And it's like, all right, well That's now true. I now I know myself better. Let's go deep on a few things. Yeah, Dan actually had a great quote that he quoted from someone else, but I'll give him credit. It was about dating. Is like, if you want variety, date one person. Hmm. That's interesting. And I was like, that's, oh, that's so- a good quote. I hope that's him originally. Yeah, it's an original Dan Andrews. But it, I think his point was that, and I did notice it, like when you go on some of these dates, okay, let me tell you where I grew up. These are my parents. Here's my daddy issue. Here's your mommy issue. Like, oh, you have a sibling? But variety and depth is actually when you get a, a really like go deep on one person. I was like, man, that's so good. Yeah, that's a really good quote. Yeah, I think it, it also is, you know, as somebody who likes to challenge yourself or you know, people who like to challenge ourselves, there's no challenge in doing the same thing over and over again. Whereas like to get to like a new depth, even in a, you know, in a friendship or even like traveling or, you know, in a marriage or a serious relationship, it's like you have to get to a certain point before you can deal with what is it like to resolve this issue or get to this point. And so, you know, there's this whole depth that you have to dig down to. How's that been for you with your marriage? It's been great. I mean, I think maybe early on at some point it's challenging, you know, all of my relationships would last like one and a half years. Like that was just like- Yeah, 18 months. Yeah, 18 months. And- trying to think of when we got to 18 months i don't know if it was exactly around there but there definitely is like you get to that certain point where you're like all right i don't really know what to do here anymore like i feel a little bit out of my element and there is like that draw to comfort where you're like could start over i'm great on first dates you know what i mean um (laughs) a lot of people want tea (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly i mean i gotta i gotta pour tea for the world but i've I've really enjoyed it i really like it yeah it's a challenge at times but a good challenge you know yeah, that 18 months is true. I wonder if there's probably some like formula, not formula, but some basis, like six months is honeymoon, blah, blah, blah. But then six months is like, okay, well, let me see this works. And six months, you're like, no, it's not working. And then it's... I think around then you do start thinking like, is this going to be a multi-year thing? Like under a year, I think it's easy to say like, oh, well, you know, six, seven months, we could break up and start with another one and like got plenty of time. Yeah. But then you get to a year and a half, you're like, well, all right, like... It's going to be two calendar years later if I start, you know, to get to this point again, if I start now, like yeah. it's 2024. That, I don't know if it's that or not, but there's something where it starts to feel substantial and it's like, all right, maybe this is going to be a serious thing. I think with a lot of this stuff, especially lately, now that I think about it or verbalize it, it's just opportunity cost. Big time. And I think about that with specifically the people that work at AppSumo. And I'm like, is this the best use of your time for you? Yeah. As well as the company, like selfishly, I want the company to do well, but I'm like, is there a better place for you? And if not, that's great. That means you're at the right spot. If not, let you know, change it up here or find some, and then start applying that to to the dating, which I'm still working on. Is that hard since you're an entrepreneur and like for you, you're like, no, I would start my own company. <laughs> start my own dating? No, 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 no. Like, like, like within AppSumo, like, I mean, maybe it goes back to the thing about different people have different end goals that they want to get to. Yeah. But I think that would be a challenge for me if I were in your position where I'd be like, is this the best place for you? It's like, no. Get out and start your own business, obviously. Yeah. You know? I reflect on that for all of them. For like almost all the people I interact with on a regular basis. Or some of them should. And I think there's good Mm -hmm. places for them to go do that. Some of them should not. I mean, I think for me, I think it's maybe almost a trap that I'm like, oh, it's so much easier just to go start something else. Or for me to go like do something new. And But I think there is unfortunate depth. I was going to say AppSumo is probably the ultimate example in your life of depth. Where like probably every year is new challenges you never had before well and especially now going back involved in it is like like i was on monday and i just had like this fucking challenging day it was just challenging and then at the end of the day i was like i can just get rid of this like i can just (laughs) go do something else or and then it's like i talked to the squash player and it was a little bit of having like a a coach Mm. because he's number one in the world and he lost his match anyway i was just talking with them and i was like man you're number one in the world like i admire you so much like i i think you're i love how you've approached it i love like the way you, you play all these things and He's like, I'm a poor loser. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I thought I'm the only poor loser. I'm not a great winner. I'm just a poor loser. And he's like, no, I, I fucking hate losing. 
And he's like, yeah, just I can't sleep at the night. And then the next day I get back on the court. Mm. I was like, ah, damn, that's good. I wonder if that's the only combination that will get you to be number one. Like being a poor loser, so you want to avoid it so badly. But then also when it happens, being like, all right, back. like not letting it affect you long enough. Yeah, I think there's some of that. I think for him, I just admired that. Like it was like, all right, just get back out. And so like for me, it was like Tuesday, get back on the fucking AppSumo, go and like work. And then it was like, oh, this is a good fucking day. And then I rode with 60 year olds. Yeah. So it was just a, uh, <laughs> but I think the one, dude, this is a weird thing I'll share with you. My fire of losing has gone down. Hmm. And it's, it's a little natural thing though, right? Yeah, with testosterone yeah. and age and all these things. But like I lost in ping pong to two guys at work last week. I, I like, I remember. And then and on Saturday I was playing squash and I lost and I wasn't that angry. And it was kind of scary. It was like kind of peaceful right. at some point. I was like, oh, you can just play. Yeah. But the other side of me is like, no, you're normally like really upset here. And it was kind of confusing. Mm. It's kind of like, huh, what does this mean? And I was reflecting on that recently. I'm like, okay, maybe it's, it's not a bad thing. It seems like growth of some sort, right? I was like, oh, I just enjoy, I can enjoy the squash game. I can enjoy the ping pong. Also, also, I think that like having that insane desire to win is like such a positive thing and it, I'm sure it's contributed to your success, right? Like there's just no way it hasn't. But also sometimes what gets you to one point or often what gets you to one point isn't what you need to get to the next point. So maybe it's the right time. I'll tell you something I had. I lost in ping pong to my wife on the cruise. I know. I don't, I don't want to talk too much about it. But she was so happy to beat me that actually I found I was so happy for her <laughs> that I was like, oh, I'm kind of glad I lost now. <laughs> And maybe maybe it's just like sour grapes. Like I didn't want to win anyway, but I'm but I thought about what it meant to her, <laughs> you know, because I was because I beat her at like mini golf and like we we're competing all these different things. <laughs> yeah, I have a tough life. Right? <laughs> mini golf and ping pong on a cruise ship. I went on a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Really but, d digging deep on the issues here. So what you're telling me is you don't let your wife win at anything. No, no. <laughs> you keep her down. <laughs> well, I, it, it's, well, who wants to win when somebody lets you win? I mean, that's no, that sucks. I would not do her that disservice. Well, it's funny. I asked the squash guy, and I was, I've reflected on this myself, is that most of the things that we're proud of were really tough. Yeah. Right? It's not these, like, it wasn't because someone let me win. It's because, like, he was talking to me about how in 2017, five years ago, he won this one match. And it was like, huh, it's not the other world. It is world champion. I'm sure he's happy about that. But it was, like, this one that he really worked hard to finally accomplish. Mm, wow. And so I think that, yeah, I definitely thought about that. We're, like, at AppSumo even... Yeah, maybe I'll, I probably will look back in the time like, damn, that was hard. And not, and not just me, the whole team is working hard and like yeah. all this stuff. And a few years ago, we had this course and it was like how to, how to start a business. And I really didn't know what else to do. And I didn't even really want to do this course. The thing that's still, I guess it's good to reflect on again is that that's probably one of the most proud things I've ever done of accomplishing is creating that course and working on it for a year when I really didn't want to. Nice, yeah. It was just like, I was like, I don't want to do this course. Like, I don't want to make it better. These people are tough. And it was just like, just show up. Yeah. It's funny that I'm proud of that. That's one of the things I think about when I'm, you know, 40s, what I'm going to do next. Mm. I'm not doing anything difficult anymore. Mm. And I'm trying to resolve whether that's because that's not the right thing for me to do anymore, because that's maybe what got me here, but isn't what gets me to the next place. Or if it's just, no, I should be challenging myself in arbitrary ways because of what you're saying, because it does feel good to accomplish something that was difficult. Yeah. So that's something I think about. Well, I also like what you're saying here in that you're thinking in decade terms. Yeah. Like I woke up today at nine and I was like, oh, I, I'm excited for tea. I'm excited to chat with you. But the 30 minutes, it was nine o'clock and I never made it at 9.30. And I was like, that 30 minutes is going to pass no matter what. And I just think about that and just like tough times, good times, all of it. It's just going to keep going regardless. Yeah. And I, I think with that, regardless if it's going to keep happening, like in 10 years, like, okay, you can't make big deltas. And mm -hmm. I guess it's interesting to think how much deltas you want to plan, how much deltas you just want to kind of like flow with. And how much is really based on what you plan anyway. Like if I look at, if I look at the deltas across 10 years or five years, 
I think it correlates to the amount of effort I put in and the amount of not just physical effort, but like, men- like working on myself, mental effort, but it's never in the ways I think it's going to be, or it's tangential to it or, you know what I mean? For example, I worked super hard on set, worked like crazy on set. It's probably my least successful thing I've ever done financially, right? But I think it built character that helped me with a lot of other stuff. And so I think like over that same decade that I worked on set, I think I made a tremendous progress in a lot of areas, but it wasn't what I thought was going to happen, right? I'm like, well, I'm working on this because it's going to become this big company and I'm going to sell it or make money or whatever. None of that happened. But I had an incredible decade that I think was also due to the discipline that I built because I had no discipline before that. And so it's just funny, at least for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, I find that I work really hard on stuff and then I get incredible benefits and it's like, it's not what I thought the effort was going to lead me to. I'm trying to think if we're ever disappointed working hard. I don't think so. But I think it's also, I think when you have a positive enough mindset, it's everything's great, right? Like everything bad that happened is great. It's like, well, that's probably true, but was it the best that you could, you know, it's like I worked hard, but like on set, I worked very hard, but now it's obvious that I worked hard in the wrong things. Like it's so obvious, but at the time I didn't realize that. And it's like, okay, but hey, I built discipline and built other things. It was great. I had this experience with my friend Todd that I worked with. And so it's very easy to look back at it as like this extremely positive thing. But at the same time, if I had just like taken advice from smarter people than me and worked on the right things, what would I be saying then? Yeah. Hard to say. I'm curious, how do you think your life would change at all if it worked out really well? Like a set became like a hundred million dollar or billion dollar business. What's funny is like, now I like my life so much that I'm like, oh, well, it would have been worse. Because when we really quit set, it was getting to the point where like, I think we had this opportunity where we could have like raised money, hired people, like, and kind of gone the traditional San Francisco, you know, SF startup route. And, you know, we had a few friends that were trying to give us like, they wanted to invest and do like the friends and family sort of thing. And I realized that that was going to lead to me having to like manage a bunch of people, be stuck in one place and all, you know, all this stuff. I didn't know I didn't want that till it was like the time when it was going to happen. Right. And so now when I'm like, oh God, if I had to run this, even if I'm making tons of money, if I had to run this hundred million dollar company, that sounds terrible to me. But maybe I would have grown into the kind of person that would have loved it if I had done it. So it's just so hard to know. So from my perspective now, it seems worse, but probably, you know, who knows, maybe it would have been better. Or maybe it would have been the same, just different. Are there ways you can practice positive mindsets? I know in the past you said that whenever you had a negative thought, you'd have a positive thought. That was honestly like a one-time fix. Like really, really? I, just, I just did that for three months. And yeah, I don't know that I've ever had to do anything again to have a positive mindset. You know, I'm also lucky. I just have this awesome life. And so I remember when I bought the island, anytime something bad would happen, I'd be like, at least I have an island. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just hard to like, like think anything sucks when you're like, I've got an island. Like it just shows how lucky you are. It's like, okay, like, how bad could my life possibly be if I got to do that? Yeah. And that could be anything, doesn't it? You know? It's funny that you think of your life as lucky. You don't think so? It's interesting you label it as luck. I'm not saying that's bad or good. I think that that's just interesting. I mean, just if you start from the fact I just have this like, incredible family, that's luck, right? Like, sure, I've fostered those relationships and done my part. But if you think of my family as like 20 people, it's like, well, at most I've done 20th of the work, right? So that's luck that they were all willing to reciprocate or, you know, not reciprocate because, of course, they put in work even before I did. So I think when you start off that lucky, it's like, okay, well, anything I build on top of that is built on this foundation of luck. I mean, I'm also very proud of like what I've done, but for sure, luck is a huge part. So I do think being born in our families are very lucky. Incredible. That's like probably Incredible. the luckiest thing in the world. Yeah. And then geography, I guess geography can change, but definitely initial geography is like mass because you can't really change it until you're 16 to 18. Just being born in the US alone yeah. is like, you know, for sure, US has its problems, but it also has at least as much opportunity, I think, as anywhere else, right? So sure, you can put in work and you can do these things. But, you you know, if you put in the same amount of work in like a war-torn African country, you would not be at the same level of success, right? 
So, I mean, I think you have to work with what you're, the hand you're dealt no matter what and make the best of it. And there's people who get incredibly lucky and they have terrible lives. So it's both. But, you know, hey, I got an awesome hand and I'm very proud of what I did with that hand. But also it was like all aces. So, you know, I started with, with an advantage for sure. I still think it's amazing how many people, probably including myself, have aces that think they have a bad hand. Yeah, we, you know, I just think you have an awesome life. Yeah, some of it's luck, but it's also obviously you put in a ton of work. Something I, I think about is a lot of why I think about like appreciation and positivity is like you're going to have X amount of good stuff in your life and that X can be different for every single person. If you don't fully appreciate every single part of that, there's like no point in getting anything else in your life. You know what I mean? Like if you can just get that from like an 80% appreciation to a 90% appreciation, then the value you're going to get in your life or however you want to put it, the positive emotions, the positive feelings, the good things in your life, that's 10% on every good thing in your life. That's way more than you can generate by doing something new. So that's why I always think it's so important to work on like gratitude and appreciation. It sounds like this like hippie new age thing, but just from a mathematical standpoint, it's like, well, if you can, you know, let's say you were at a 50% appreciation of everything in your life. I'm not saying you are, but you know, any amount of effort to get that to like 95, 100% is worth it. Because think of how great that feels, you know? And sometimes you meet people who, you know, imagine meeting somebody who like seems like a negative person and you're like, dude, like you're probably at 10% or 20% or like somebody who's never happy with what they have. It's like, what's the point? You're just going to get more and you're going to be unhappy with it, you know? Yeah. Who do you admire or whose life, if you had to change lives, like you guys traded? I do want your answer, but I also think it's such a great call out how much you like your own life, love your own life. Oh yeah, love it. And I think it's like, how do we each get to that part? And I think what you said earlier, I really resonate with, which is like the character is based on is based on living the life you actually want to live. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. You got one shot at it. How crazy is it to not live the life you want to live? That's like the most scary thing in the world to me. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. It's very terrifying to think about trading lives with anybody, to be honest. The question generally is indicative. It's like, okay, they're elements of our own lives. It's also interesting to think, is it material or is it internal, right? In the sense of, oh man, I really admire this person because I'd want to have like, like last night I was with these these older gentlemen mm -hmm. and they had jeeps and i was like man dude <laughs> having a jeep would be sick you know it's funny though is even if you ask people who aren't that psyched about their life who if they would trade with anybody and who they would trade with most wouldn't trade i think so next time as an experiment when somebody seems like not that psyched or whatever ask them if they, who they would trade lives with if they could most people are like maybe this person eh, i guess i wouldn't trade i feel like people would say like jeff bezos or like some like that's what people say initially and then when they like really think it through basically everybody gets to like i guess i wouldn't trade which is crazy. It's like, oh, the appreciation is actually in there somewhere. You just have to like cultivate it. I had a weird ass thought. No, it wasn't weird ass, but like, sad me a bit. Like Elon Musk is only 50. I was like, man, I'm 40. It did make me feel like, wow, he's done a lot. But would you, like, would what you I give up 10 years of your life for everything he has? He would trade with you. To come back in time. I don't know. The, I mean, maybe not exactly, but like, if you asked Elon, would you give up, you know, whatever the delta is between his net worth and yours or accomplishments and yours, yeah. right? And you're starting back at 40 but you get 10 more years of life, he would definitely do it. Well, hard to say. I guess I say that now, but I'm like, well, but yeah. There are times where do you think about like, would you trade with a 30 year old? That's what I was just but thinking you don't now. Know. And I'm like, I guess maybe I wouldn't. Because there's also things now at 40, I'm like, oh, I, I, as much as I still, it's not anxiety, but maybe it's anxiety within myself. It feels like it's much better anxiety than the 30 year old anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, probably a sign of a well, life well lived that you figured enough stuff out that you don't want to go back to 30. I also just think that like, so many things could have been different during the past 10 years. And when you're happy with where you are, it's like, well, I don't know. I wouldn't want to risk it and try that again. Well, that is a wrap. I hope you loved the episode as much as I did making it for you. Go sign up for Tynan's blog and his newsletter at Tynan.com or go check him out on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Tynan, T-Y-N-A-N.
Next, text a friend you love him. Yo, dog, let's go fire dancing together. And before you go, tweet at me or send me a DM on Instagram at Noah Kagan. I love hearing what you think of these episodes. Also, remember to go subscribe to my newsletter, sendfox.com slash Noah. That's sendfox.com slash Noah. I put my juicy best nuggets in a single short email each and every week. I love sending it to your inbox. Go to sendfox.com slash Noah and go to sendfox.com if you want to create your own newsletter. Finally, a couple amazing shout outs to the team. Thank you to Jason at podcasttech.com. He makes these episodes sound so much better than the original version. Thank you to Mitchell, Jeremy, George, Schubert, Cam, Sasa, Nikki, Cam, and Jen. Yes, I said Cam twice. From the Dork team for all the magic y'all do. Y'all are double amazing. Finally, shout out to Shar Johnston, who is the people and culture manager at AppSumo. We've never had one of these kind of people before. I don't know how we did it without her. So thank you so much for all that you do at AppSumo. We're very lucky to have you. Hope you're doing amazing. And everyone else, have a blissful day. What's your favorite sparkling beverage? I'm because honestly, I'm drinking these spindrifts. If y'all haven't heard about spindrift, get on that spindrift train. Choo choo.